The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. I want to talk this morning about successful living. We had a, uh, a good time last night at the fish fry. I hope you were able to come and uh, enjoy that fellowship. And following that, we had a, uh, a youth event, and we had uh, lots of, of young folks here. Uh, I would say we had 15 to 18, and... They had a good time, and I knew there was a lot of graduates, and uh, I wanted to talk this morning to our graduates as well as to everyone here about successful living. Now, some of them weren't able to make it this morning, uh, but I want to talk about successful living God style, and uh, I want to start with a, a something that's going to make you think my sermon is head, headed one way. There was a, a pastor got up, I may have told you all this uh, some time ago, and he, uh, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a word, and whatever comes to your mind, we're going to sing the song that matches that word. So uh, the, the pastor said, uh, heaven. And just nearly immediately, somebody just started singing heavenly sunlight, you know, and, and everybody joined in, and they sang that song. And then uh, the, uh, the pastor said, rock. And just immediately, somebody starts singing, Rock of Ages, and everybody joined in. And then the pastor said, Sex. It's about like it got in here. <laughs> and finally, one old gentleman stood up and sang, Precious memories, <laughs> how they linger. Uh, Johnny, nine years old, came home and he asked his mom, he said, uh, Mom, where did I come from? She kind of got nervous and said, well, you'll have to wait and talk to your father about that. So Dad got home, and Mom said, uh, you're going to have to talk to Johnny. He said, he came home today from school. He wants to know where he came from. So that night, Dad, he, he thought about it all afternoon, and he mustered up the courage to go in, and he sat down and, and uh, said, Son, I want to talk to you about where you came from. And he started on the conversation, and he started, well, when a man and a woman love each other, and they get married, and he went through the whole spiel. I mean, shucked it right down to the cob. Told the whole story. When he got through, Johnny went, hmm, that's kind of weird. Billy said he came from Dallas. <laughs> uh, you know... When I was a youth pastor, I was asked to come to a church and speak to, a, to the youth, uh, youth group. It was a small church. Uh, it was in a large community, but they had eight or ten youth there probably. And uh, So I came to their church, and uh, I got up, and it was uh, those eight or ten youth and uh, probably nearly as many adults working in that department. Most of them were older adults, which I don't know what that means now. <laughs> you know, I, I think I guess I'm an older adult now, too. And uh, I said, this is a true story. Uh, I said sex. And a lady actually jumped when I said it that was sitting right there. And she got this sour look on her face. And she sat there going... The rest of the time I talked for 40 minutes. At the end of that, when we got through, 
She said, and there was a couple other workers there with her, she said, we don't talk about that subject, and we don't want our kids exposed to that kind of teaching. <laughs> Can y'all believe that? <laughs> and it made me think about, the, the again, the father that went to talk to his son and, uh, and said, uh, well, son, I, I've been putting this off for a long time, but uh, I think we need to have a talk about sex, so I want to set you down and talk to you about it. And the boy sat down and said, okay, Dad, what do you want to know? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wanted to tell that lady that. Look, <laughs> you may not want it taught in church. You may not want a youth minister to come from another church and cover this subject, but, but talk to your youth and they can fill you in on anything you might not know. And uh, believe it or not, that's not what my message is about today. Even with that introduction, that's really not about what my, my message is about entirely. But it's about things that our graduates, and not only our graduates, those in school are going to face. And they're going to deal with a real subject out in our world today. And, and truthfully, a lot of that revolves around the issue of sexual relationships. That's just the truth of who we are today. If you don't believe that, you've got your head in the sand or you don't have a television because everything you see today, whether they're selling beer, whether they're selling hamburgers, you know, you can watch a commercial and, and if you didn't have the, 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 uh, the volume turned up, you wouldn't have a clue what the commercial's about. Dish Network or one of those, they've got a picture of a, of a gal in a bikini leading a horse down a beach. What's that got to do with TV programming? That's what the whole commercial's about. The talking horse, Mr. Ed, is kind of who he looks like. And, and so, so, so that's what our society kind of revolves around today. That's where it's happening. That's where it's at. And when we start looking at what the Bible has to say about a successful living, a successful life, God's style, he addresses those issues. And in those issues... Jesus says this as he begins his teaching. Now this morning, I don't have a lot of scriptures that's going to be put up on the board because they're too long. And so I'm going to give you where they're found and you can write them down and go read them later. But in Jesus' teaching in the Bible, in Matthew, uh, it's called the Beatitudes. And he makes this statement to Christians that he's teaching. And he says to them, Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst. I want you to remember that word thirst after righteousness because they'll be filled. And, and what he's talking about, he's talking to Christians that are looking for fulfillment in life. They're looking for successful living. And in those Beatitudes, he says, Blessed are you if you're thirsting for righteousness, if you're thirsting for a right relationship with God because I'm going to fill you. He says in Matthew 6.33, those are to, we are to seek the Lord first and, and a right relationship and all of these other things He'll take care of. That's what He tells us in Scripture. So, so He's saying to us as Christians, Blessed are those who thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled. Blessed are those who, who seek Me first and My kingdom and My righteousness because I'm going to add all of these desires. Now, I'm going to close with a Scripture in just a moment that's over in Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. You might want to turn there and underline it, especially if you're a young person. Because it's a great scripture <clears throat> that deals with the subject that we're going to talk about this morning. 
But in the, in the Bible, we have new beginnings. And I told you last week that we're kind of going to start looking maybe on a series and going through a series of, of living a life of first, new beginnings. There's, there's new beginnings in front of all of us. No matter what your age is today, there's an opportunity, a new beginning, a new horizon before you. We're going to talk about that, but for our graduates this morning, for our students this morning, and not just for them, for everyone here today, there's a great subject. Incidentally, Teresa graduated from college, and she's an RN now. Isn't that great? Y'all give her a hand. And uh, congratulations, Neil. Also, no more homework for right now and late nights. And uh, did uh, who? Jelly Swain. Did anyone else graduate, especially from college this year, or anything that we may have missed? Well, there's new beginnings. For Teresa, there's new beginnings. For John, there's new beginnings. For Christopher, there's new beginnings. There's things ahead of us, new beginnings, and there's a way for successful living. But too often, I believe, folks in general go to what I want to call this morning a dry well. A dry well. Out in West Texas, sometimes there's old oil wells out where we used to hunt at, and and sometimes that oil well will be out in that field and, and that, old, that old arm will be going up and down and you can hear those old motors popping. And, uh, you know, out there a lot of places don't have electricity and they have these little old, uh, one or two or three cylinder motors and you can just hear them pop, 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 pop. And they're just, and that old well's just pumping. And, and occasionally something would go wrong with the well and the rancher would come down and we'd say, well, there, that well over there in this certain pasture uh, the pipe has come loose. He'd say, oh, that's just a dry well. It's just a dry well. It's still running. It's still pumping, but it's just dry. There's nothing there. And we haven't got over there and took care of that. Well, for, for folks, a lot of times they go to dry wells. They look good. They look like they're in motion, but really they're going to leave you thirsty and they're going to leave you empty. Now, in Scripture, there's two examples, one for girls and one for guys, of dry wells that people go to. It is so relevant today. It was written thousands of years ago, a couple of thousand years ago. John wrote one of them, and Luke, Dr. Luke, wrote the other one through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And basically what he said was, here are some dry wells that folks go to looking for success in life. But they're empty wells. So I want to give you these two examples. I want to start with the ladies, and that's found in John chapter 4, verse 4 through 26. And these are false wells, or these are dry wells that many girls or many women or many ladies go to looking for success in life. And I'll just wad it up in a little ball to start off with for a lot of ladies. And if, if I'm wrong, ladies, you can correct me, but please wait till afterwards and next week I'll say, well, I was corrected last week. But for so many ladies, their false well ends up being in relationships. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for a relationship. And in this example that Christ gives us, we have a lady who has come to a well to draw water. Now, she came in the middle of the day because she was the type of woman that didn't want to be around other women. And as she came to the well, Jesus happened to be there. And as Jesus was there, he was, he was sitting there 
uh, at the well, and his disciples had gone on into town to buy some food, and, and uh, this lady comes to the well, and, and he says, would you give me a drink? And she says, I'm, 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 I'm narrowing this down a lot. She says this, uh, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. If you know any kind of Bible history, you know that that wasn't something that would have happened. A Jew would not have asked a Samaritan for anything. But she said, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. Why would you ask me to drink? Why would you ask me to draw something for you to drink? And besides that, Jesus, you don't even have anything to draw water well with, and this well is deep. How was you going to get a drink today? And so Jesus begins to talk to her. And he says to her, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for a living water, and you'd have thirsted no more. Now, just from that statement, y'all see where she was? She was someone going to a false well for fulfillment. And Jesus said, if you would have asked me, I'd have gave you water where you had never thirsted. Now, she goes and explains this well was dug by this person, and we come and water here, and I don't know what you're talking about. So Jesus, knowing her heart, y'all remember what he told her? He said, go home, get your husband, bring him back, and let me tell you about this water that I'm talking about. Her reply was this, I don't have a husband. I'm not married. How can I do that? And Jesus said, yeah, the truth of the matter is, you don't have a husband, but you've had five. And the man you're with now is not your husband. Well, don't you know that floored her? <laughs> don't you know she thought, how is this? And she said, I can see you're a prophet. I can see you know some things that I don't know. And Jesus said, here's the truth. The truth is, if you come to me, you don't have to go to false wells of relationships to be filled. See, this lady in her life, she was thinking... For me to have fulfillment, for me to have a successful life, I have to be in a relationship with a guy somewhere. That's the only place I can find fulfillment. Jesus said to her, that's not true. If you'll come to me first, then I want to give you an, a, a successful life. I'm going to fill you and I'm going to feed you with something you'll not thirst for again. Now, let me stop here just a minute. There is nothing wrong with relationships. They're great. They're wonderful. God has put them in place that, that we can have successful life in a relationship with a husband and wife and families and children and all of those things that come with that relationship. But for this lady, that was the most important thing in her life. Folks, for us to have a successful life, we need to understand that we find that in Jesus Christ. And young ladies, God has someone out there just for you. You believe that? God has a special person that before the creation of the world, he knew this person is just for you. And I have them especially for you. But too often when, when we start going to those false wells, we say this has got to be what God wants for me. Y'all remember what uh, Abraham, well, we don't have time to talk about all these things, but Abraham and Sarah and God said, Abraham, I'll make you a great nation and, and you and your wife Sarah are going to have this baby. And after a little while, Abraham said, God messed up. It's, the time is out. I'm too old. Sarah's too old. What are we going to do? So he came up with his own plan, had a child with Sarah's maid, and sure enough, because of that, we have all this mess going on in the Middle East. We don't have time to talk about all those different things. 
But you know what Abraham did and Sarah did? They got ahead of God's plan. Folks, our first step, and ladies, your first step need to be this. Go to one who gives living water that you'll thirst no more. And Christ says, remember what we talked about? Blessed are those who are thirsting for righteousness, for they'll be filled. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these other issues I'm going to take care of. So ladies, when you think about that relationship, when you think about where you need to be for successful living, realize this, this is not some old 52-year-old man up there and saying, oh, you don't even know what you're talking about. That's not my ideal, that's God's Word. And if you're a believer in God and you believe that God wants the best for you, He says this, if you come to me first, I'm going to give you living water and you'll thirst no more, and then when that relationship's right between us, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that great? That's where we're getting to. We're getting to Psalms that says, if you'll come to me first, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. So ladies, there's the first example for you. One who was going to fulfillment in relationships. Simply saying, if I can have a relationship, I'll be successful. If I can have this relationship, I'll have a fulfilled life. And Jesus said to her, if you come to me, and seek me first. I'll fill you. I'll fill that void. I'll, I'll fill that need for that relationship and my righteousness. And then I'll give you the desires of your heart. Here's the second thing. I know more about this one. This is for guys. I know, ladies, you want a relationship and, and you want someone you can talk to and someone that just be there for you and, and hug you and hold your hand. I know those things a little bit. Okay? But I know guys, and girls, I won't tell you about guys. (laughs) They ain't looking for a relationship, okay? Our example is in Luke chapter 15. And our example is this, dad is successful, and he owns a big ranch, and he has lots of servants. He has lots of folks working for him, and he has a big inheritance for his son. So his son goes to him and says, Dad, I'm through living at home. I want my money now, and I'm going to hit the road. So Dad said, okay. He went and drawed out his money and said, here's your portion, and you go. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? The prodigal son. So he went, and the Bible says he lived it up. He had it all. Man, when I was in high school, you know what the truck was to have? It was, have y'all ever watched Back to the Future? You know, the very last scene in Back to the Future, when Michael J. Fox opens his garage door, and what's sitting there? A black Toyota, four-wheel drive, big tires, jacked up, chromed out truck. That'd still be nice, wouldn't it, John? (laughs) I mean, that was it. When I was in school, that was it. Man, that that movie was when I was in high school, and man, everybody wanted that truck. You know, that was the truck. This young man had it. He went and bought that truck, and he bought him a (laughs) three-wheeler. How many of y'all know what the three-wheelers are? (laughs) We're going back to the 80s, remember? Uh, He had the three-wheeler, you know, that he could cruise around on. And he got everything he wanted. He went to the Mavericks game and the... Cowboys game, bought season tickets, went all year long. Sat right down there where we wanted to sit. Not only that, he got the women. He could pull the women, man. He was rich. He had it all. 
Matter of fact, he had lots of women. Anything he wanted, he had it. But if you read that story, he was always thirsting for something. I mean, he had it all. But he was thirsty. And, and he lived it up, but he was empty. And finally, the, the story says this, he ended up in a hog trough with nothing. See, all of those false wells that we go to, guys, oh, man. Ladies, you know what? A guy will tell you anything to get what they want. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, ask Dad today. Dad, don't be hiding out in the bathroom all afternoon, okay? I'm telling you, girls, a guy will do it. He, he'll, now, girls are getting more like that today, but a, a guy will do that. That's what this guy done. He, he said, if, if I can do this, I'm going to have it. I'm not happy at home. I'm not happy with my dad. I'm not happy at church. That's what this is all about, the parable. It's about someone who strayed away from the father, and the father welcomed them back. But man, if, if I could just do those things. And this morning you may say, well, I don't find it in the Bible. I've heard somebody say this. Where sex outside of marriage, there's anything wrong with it. I, I don't ever see it in the Bible. Let me give you some scriptures. Galatians 5.19. Ephesians 5.18. 2 Corinthians 12.21. Romans 13.13. 1 Peter 4.3. They all deal with that subject of sex outside of marriage. I don't want to lie about this morning. Sex is great. Amen? It is. Thank you. One honest brother here. <laughs> That's great. There's nothing wrong with it. God created it. It's wonderful. I love it. My daughter, climb under the pew. I, I, they're, get, they're getting married. Look, can I tell the story? Tell the story. Thank you, brother. I, I passed out my, my form. They, they fill out, and we're going to talk. Incidentally, I haven't forgot about that, CB. I told my daughter last night, I said, y'all ain't getting out of that. We've met one time. We got three more to go. One of them is a physical, and it's about sexual relationship. She said, leaning on our cabinet, Christopher, i got to tell this on you too, <laughs> and John too. <laughs> leaning on the cabinet, she's looking, she said, Dad, do you think I'm going to talk to you about sex? <laughs> and I said, believe it or not, JC, me and your mother have had sex. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> And I went on about it. And in the midst of that conversation, Christopher said, this is really good shrimp we're eating. <laughs> you talk about changing the subject. I mean, and John is in J.C.'s room watching a movie. I didn't even know he was in the conversation. And he said, way to get out of conversation, Christopher. <laughs> you know... <laughs> From the other room, there is nothing wrong with sexual relationships. They're great. Don't lie to your kids and say, oh, you don't want to do that. They do want to do that. And it's good inside a marriage. That's what God designed it for in a marriage relationship. Let me tell you what's wrong other than it being in God's Word that it's wrong. 
It's called debauchery in the Bible, if you're wondering. If you go read that and you say, well, I don't see it there, that's what it's called in, in Scripture, debauchery. Here's the problem. When that young lady who's looking for that relationship decides the only way I can keep this guy is to do what he wants, and what he wants, ladies, not a relationship. He just wants what he wants. Then she gives into that, he gets what he wants, and it's a dry well. It's not there. And at that point, listen, the relationship building stops. No longer are you growing in a relationship. No longer are you building something that, hey, this is what she likes and this is who she is and this is what he's like and this is what he is and they're learning each other and they're growing with each other and they're becoming partners with each other. All of a sudden, that's, that's wiped out. Because something new started in that relationship that's going to supersede all of those relationship building activities. And then, if that couple stays together, they get married. After a few years of marriage, let me tell you something else about sex. It ain't as great as it was. Does anybody say amen to that yet? Huh? <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> let me tell you this. After a while, you realize there, there needs to be more to this relationship than a physical attraction. But what happened? We got the cart before the horse. We got it out of order. And all of a sudden, in that relationship, you look at a person and say, I realize that's all we've got. We never built a relationship. We got out of God's plan. And we didn't build a relationship. So that happened and it happens to ladies and, and girls. It happens to young guys. And, and they build a relationship that's out of God's plan and out of God's order. And they're getting things out of whack. And then they get married. And then they realize, I went to a false well. I built a relationship in a false well. And all of a sudden, I'm empty in my relationship. And God says this, Come to me if you're thirsting for righteousness. I'm going to fill you. And I have a recipe for successful living. That's God's plan. Now let me give you one more example of someone who had everything, who had it all. This is for you girls and you guys both. Now, I told you what the prodigal son did. Here's the great thing, ladies and gentlemen. He realized that he had been at a false well and he went home. Y'all remember that story? Boy, I thought about that story. I think about this looking down that road. I can see out that back door and I can see right up that highway. And if you read that story, you see the father's looking, and he sees something, and he looks, and he realizes, that's my son. And he's, he's coming back. And he runs and meets him. He puts a robe on him. He puts the, the father's ring back on his finger, and he said, my son who is lost has come back home. And there's a great celebration there's a couple of things that we can think about. Number one, no matter where you've been, no matter what your past looked like, no matter if you've been to five false wells, God forgives. Isn't that great? And He says, all is forgotten, all is forgiven. Let's start afresh and anew. Wherever you're at. He says, I'm ready to start over. I'm ready to reinstate you as my child. I'm ready to clothe you with my righteousness. I'm ready to add that ring that says, I'm a part of the king's family. I have a father that loves me. That's what we see in the story of the prodigal son. Over in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, 
we have the most, one of the wisest men in all the Bible, Solomon. The Bible says he was a wise man. None has ever been as wise as Solomon. He said this to us in Ecclesiastes 2.10, I tried everything. I didn't deny myself anything my eyes beheld. That's what it says. I did it all. I tried it all. Anything I saw, I wanted, I got. Any any pleasure I desired, I went. I had a pleasure in it. Whatever it was, relationships, whatever it was, I had it all. In Ecclesiastes 12, 13, he said, But here's the sum of all things. I lived a life. I chased the pleasures of life. I did anything I wanted. I've been all of these things. The wisest man said, But in the end, it was all meaningless. It left me dry. It left me thirsting. It left me hungry for something more. And if you read through that book of Ecclesiastes, you see that he says, I found fulfillment in Christ. I found successful living in Christ. I found what I was looking for in Christ. And folks, for us today to have successful living, I think we miss this sometimes. God wants you to be a success. Do you know that? That's His desire for you. Not just for you that are graduating today, but, but whoever you are, God wants you to be a success in life. The woman at the well, He wanted her to be successful. And He said, here's what I have for you, and I have something that you're going to find fulfillment in. For that prodigal son, He said, I want you to be successful, and, and I have forgiveness for you, and I, I, I want to give this to you that you can have a successful life that you desire. For us, as we think about those two examples, as we think about successful living, as we think about that, that successful life, God's style, Satan will say this, well, you're going to miss out. Everybody's doing that. Everybody's involved in that. You're going to miss out. You're gonna if 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 you listen to that old man up there, you're gonna miss out on what what the fun things of life is. Listen to what Christ says. I love this passage of scripture. Now I'm gonna read it. This is Romans chapter 13, but I'm gonna read a little different translation, and it's gonna be up here. I'm gonna read what what's called the Message. It's more of a modern day translation. Translation. Graduates, I want you to think about this. You can't go wrong when you love others. When you add up everything in the law code, the sum of it, the total of it, is love. Make sure that you don't get absorbed and exhausted in taking care of your day-by-day obligations and lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. Isn't that a great word for us? Dad, when you've been working 20 hours a day, listen, make sure you don't get so absorbed and exhausted trying to take care of your day-by-day obligation that you lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. The night is about over, and the dawn is about to break. Be up. And be awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishes touching touches on salvation's work. He began when we first believed, for us Christians, when we first believed, 
He began a work within us, and he's faithful and just to complete that work. And we can't afford to waste a minute. And we must not squander these precious daylight hours in indulgence, in sleeping around, in dissipation, in bickering, or grabbing everything in sight. I love this. Get up out of bed and get dressed. And don't linger and lauder, waiting until the very last minute. But dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Isn't that great? Boy, don't that hit you. When I was a student, when I was graduating, boy, get up out of bed. Don't sleep around. Get dressed. Don't lauder. Don't linger. Don't wait till the last minute. But dress yourself in Christ and be up and about. And listen to this. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. That's Psalms 37.4. If you'd say this morning that, you know, uh, I believe I can find my happiness in that relationship. Man, if I could just, man, if I just had this, if I could just get one more thing, if I could grab that brass ring one more time, I think I'd find happiness. The Lord says this, those are, those are dry wells. They look good. You can walk through the desert to get to them, but when you get there, you're going to leave just as thirsty as when you arrived. But if we'll get up out of bed, get dressed, don't lauder and linger and stand around and wait till the very last minute, but clothe yourself in Christ and be up and be about his business. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our hearts. Let's bow our heads together this morning. Oh, how we want the desires of our heart to be met. Christ says this, I, I'll give you a feeling. I, I have a plan for you. I have so many firsts for you that you don't even know. I have exciting things for you. There's joy before you. There's successful living, God style before you. There's happiness. Oh, there's going to be some pain, but the Lord says this, I'm going to help you through those tough times. We don't have to go to a bunch of false wells and end up in the pigsty. We simply need to know this. If we'll come to the Lord first, seek that right relationship, then and then and then he'll fill us with every need and he'll work on giving us the desires of our heart. Some of you are going into college and it's a different world. Teachers don't care if you're there. They don't care if you graduate. They don't care if you do your homework. You'll meet new people that says, oh, brother, you're not one of those, are you? Well, let me tell you, here's where the fun is. Here's where it's happening. There's false wells, two great examples that we find right here in God's words that let us understand for true happiness, for true fulfillment, for true successful living, God has a plan for you. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desire 
of your heart. Father, I pray this morning, as we just consider your word, we consider where we are in you, we consider our relationship with you, not just as students, but each of us here. I want to ask you today, Father, to reveal to us those false wells that we may go to. Father, the false well that I go to to find fulfillment. The false wells that Satan would place before us and have us long for and run after only to find thirst. Lord, I pray that your spirit today would take your word and, Father, within our heart, it would find fertile ground. It would take root and we would trust you. Father, knowing that you have a relationship for us, first with you and then with that person that you've designed especially for us, that you have a, a great time plan for us after marriage and you have all of these plans. Father, I pray that we would keep things in your order that we might have a successful life and the recipe for living God's style. And this morning, as we have just the time to respond to your word, to the wooing of your spirit, I pray, Lord, if there'd be any here today who've never taken that first step to where God is still working on them and accepted you, Lord, I pray today would be the day of salvation, that they would, they would take that first step to righteousness and salvation. And Father, I pray for those like that prodigal son that they've wandered off somewhere. And, and Lord, I pray today that they would see you looking down that long road and opening your arms and welcoming them back to you. Father, however your spirit would move, I pray that we would <coughs> respond to you, that we would respond to your call and your wooing.